MVP, Stetson Bennett, is joining us live. Stetson, good morning, my friend. How are you feeling this morning after that incredible performance last night? Have you had a chance to get any sleep? Yeah, uh, you know, a few hours. Um, <laughs> not many. Uh, I've been, been wondering about... Uh, yeah, no, not many. <laughs> Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. Congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs on their national championship. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram Aaron underscore Dugan. My name is Stephen Godfrey. You can find me at 38 Godfrey on pretty much every social media feed. Uh, we will be debating many things today, discussing many things today, mostly just celebrating the Georgia Bulldogs. Chris Childers, good friend of mine. Going to be a guest on the show a little bit later on. We'll discuss what Georgia's blueprint means for the rest of the SEC. Can you actually beat Nick Saban now more consistently in championship games? I'm not even sure I believe that when I say it. Um, we'll discuss a lot of things. We'll get an apology, maybe. Probably not uh, from Stephen Godfrey here. That was Stetson Bennett, of course, on Good Morning America. Clearly with very little sleep. And I, I put the over-under on one and a half hours and Aaron, you immediately said that was the wrong number to put on it. It was one and a half, but it was it was one and a half what? Um, fifths of whiskey. That's a lot of whiskey. Um, yeah, to drink in one night. But a, but a, but Stetson Bennett, if anybody deserves to do it, he deserves to do it. And congratulations to Georgia. We'll get to how it happened, why it happened, all that stuff. But before we do, Fringe Element, Aaron Dugan is brought to you by. Jasper's a sprouting, thriving flower amongst a treacherous storm of culinary snow. Okay. Petered off there a bit at the end, but I would say petered would be, yeah, that that a lot of pauses. Yeah. Yeah. But it was interesting though. I I enjoyed the journey we went on. You followed me through the journey. You just didn't know where we were going. (laughs) And here's a surprise. This just in. Neither did I. Uh, how much sleep have, have, has all of us gotten combined? I'm, I'm on about probably, three, three and a half hours, maybe four. I'm on probably four and a half. Yeah, something in the neighborhood for sure. Godfrey, are you at about that number every night at this time of the year, or is it just the championship? This is... I feel like you don't feel normal until about a week later, a week after this. It's different now because of signing day, too. Like, do you remember? Uh, oh like, my God, it was so bad. <laughs> do you remember like old signing day or like, I guess when it was one signing day, you know what I'm talking about? Like we yeah, would yeah. just shift straight into another, I know like zombie part of the season. And then sometime like after Valentine's, you might feel like a human again. So um, it's, it, it definitely feels like now, like we have an off season, at least for, I don't know, three or four weeks. Go, go to Jasper's by the way. It's like, a, it was like a torrential downpour of, teenage boy updates for like four straight weeks after the championship game yeah and, and now we don't have to deal with that which is really quite nice actually it's it's refreshing um we have the so, portal i mean yeah, that's you true. know yeah go to jaspers uh great parking great place to watch all the playoffs games for titans games preds games they got great drink specials uh free parking it is fantastic menu so go to jaspers everybody please and make sure Check out the show on the YouTube. Aaron Dugan, you do a lot of great work, hard work, you and the brother, to put this show up on the YouTube. So make sure you check that out. Um, Many people are talking about it, Aaron. Many, many people. (laughs) Many. We can't even count. 
Um, all right. So uh, let's start with, we'll get to Chris Childers a little bit later on. And I want to start with just, just Stetson Bennett. Just we'll talk about Stetson Bennett here because I think one of the cool things about college athletes and what makes college football, college basketball, college baseball special, not, are not the guys like the 50 of them that we saw on Monday night that are going to play in the NFL, but guys like Stetson Bennett, who may never accomplish a single thing the rest of his life. And if he just buys a townhouse in downtown Athens and just, just walks out of his house every day and says, I'm Stetson Bennett. He probably will have everything that he will ever need. He can probably sign advertising and endorsement deals for the rest of his life. He literally doesn't have to do anything else. If he, he, he hit, he hit the lottery uh, on Monday night with one, with one touchdown pass. It's like the office space. I, I don't know if you guys think that's an appealing lifestyle. It is to me in the middle of two small children, but, but Stetson Bennett, man, come on. What a guy. In the extended version of that video, um, the longer, the whole Good Morning America interview, he did very clearly state they brought up the free drink and food for the rest of your life thing. Like, you'll never pay for a drink again. And um, he said, I couldn't possibly care less about not getting a free drink. I guess that was. But I think down the road, he might start to appreciate that more. Right now, I think he's his eyes are glued yeah, on the he's championship trip. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Shock is maybe at one some point that's going to feel nice when he's 35. That will. Yeah, he'll yeah. he'll feel differently about that. I agree. Either in shock, sleep deprived and completely shithoused. Like those are probably all things that <laughs> all of those things were taking place. I doubt that, that he video. got as drunk as it looks like he is. What I think that is, is the combination of sleeplessness. It's also think about the sheer amount of adrenaline that he's coming off of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He probably actually didn't get that much drinking time in. It's just that his nervous system is completely screwed the day after. I'm actually betting that he probably got into some beers for maybe a window of like 90 to 120 minutes. Cause here's why. This is like, a, he efficient, looks like he also drank. That's an efficient <laughs> offense too, though. That's like like Stetson Bennett's drinking habits are more evolved than the Georgia offense. Well, he just doesn't have that much time to. Like <laughs> right. you got like if you if you've covered a national title game. So mo so what time? It, it was Central Time last night in Indianapolis. What time did we turn our televisions off? The game in. I'm trying to remember. Probably like ten fifty ish. Yeah, So let's say it's eleven o'clock. Okay, there's another hour for Stetson Bennett before he even leaves field level, like between the post game obligations that he has, right? Cause you immediately go to a post game conference. Then you do individuals. You have like, you have to do ESPN television, all that, all that stuff. You have post game with your team. Then you, I, I'm sure you have family at a national title game. Then you might go to another location. You have to shower change. I'm telling you right now, he's not probably getting back to like a hotel or a place where he can just sit down and have a beer until 11 12 1 2 maybe and Did then they stay in Indy? six he Did had to i would assume he had had to have and and i, mean, I, I loved kirby he was sitting in front of the he was yeah. sitting in front of all of his georgia stuff and his that's looked true. like he was back that's true they could have they come back last night i think I, they I, probably did they, they okay well really see then that, that cuts down the drinking even more yeah. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> uh, I feel like they always want to get back. Of the Georgia arrives Athens. Back of the plane. Yeah. Back of the plane, maybe. A couple cocktails. I, I don't know. I, I listen, here's here's the other thing about um you and I were at the Sugar Bowl 2014, Bama, Ohio State. And I remember getting back to the media hotel at probably like two o'clock. Yeah. Like I mean, it's just it's just, it, it, there's no question it's a long grind. Um and uh, but again, I listen, he's 
he deserves to celebrate. I, what, whatever. Like Kirby Smart, I thought a great reference by Kirby Smart, of course, talking about how like there'll be some property damage in Indianapolis tonight, which is a great callback to to, to the late uh, Larry Munson, who called games for Georgia for a really long time. And um, we'll get to all this, the, 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 the different dynamics of all the, the game at play. Did you find anything, Stephen, in your quick Google search? Of uh, I am checking. Yeah, I'm checking right now. I don't have confirmation. Um, all right, we'll wait till it's... you get. We'll wait till sources get back to you, and we'll 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 see what happens. Um, I, I want to know how, though. I want to know how this happened because, you know, Stephen, you were pretty strong about this all season that yes, Georgia had to evolve. I found it extremely ironic that I was yelling at the television set for Todd Munkin to actually do the exact polar opposite of what we've been asking him to do the entire season, which is hand the freaking football off. At one point in the third quarter, Zamir White and James Cook had 13 carries for 129 yards, which I'm not good at math, is about 10 yards a clip, and they were still throwing the football. Finally, they figured it out, scored a touchdown, and sort of kind of took control, even though it was a great game in the second half. I, I did you find that ironic? Why did it work? Why was Stetson Bennett able to do it despite Todd Munkin? Was it Todd Munkin's fault that like should they have won by more? Go. The it's funny you say that because I watched the entire game on the coach's film feed for the Texas A&M. So so it was a little different than in years past. It was just Jimbo Fisher and his coaching staff minus new probably new DC GJ Jerkin, and they kind of picked apart like as diplomatically as, as they could, because his tight ends coach, James Coley, was the OC that Todd Munkin replaced at Georgia. So they were like nice about it because you're on national television. They kind of said the opposite. Like they were screaming for more shot plays. They were screaming for a more effective use of play action. Basically, they thought Georgia was using the pass. And this is a super generalization, so we can summarize it real fast. At inopportune times and not in a creative manner early on. Then they got tight when it turned into the field goal game. And then later on, I, I do think like you know the big run was set up by some other things that happened in the past game, but they kind of they they actually disagreed a little bit. I, it was having been around coaches my entire career, they were not happy and they were very critical of the offensive game plan that was called, which I think is an understatement. Um, could they have won by more? Yeah, I think I think they probably could have won by at least one more score. Um, I do think the tenor and the tone of the game changed pretty dramatically once. Georgia scores the first touchdown of the game. And I think then, then it really sets in that like, oh, you've given this defense enough of a lead, a situation they never really encountered in the SEC championship game. And Alabama's, they, they, that was the other thing. A&M's coaches talked about this all night. How much do they actually think the receivers know? You have young receivers because now you're down your top two receivers. What are you trusting your receivers to do and how limited are you? And once the third quarter set in, we were like, oh shit, uh, Alabama's wide receivers are not as capable in this moment. In fact, there are particular plays where the coaches were sitting there going, if that's Judy, that's a touchdown. If that's Judy, it's 15 extra yards. And it just, it's sort of built and built and built and built. Yeah. It, I mean, and overall it's what I, the very, very first thing that I noticed, and this is all throughout the game. And you may have noticed as, as it gets further on it, it, you notice it more because it goes with the narrative but Bryce Young, the entire game, looked like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders, which I know that he did in some ways. But he looked like he had lost this game in the first quarter, if you saw his face on the screen. Um, and it, it, it looked just like it did in the fourth quarter. Um, that's one thing that really, really stood out to me because it was, it was so different, like you said, Godfrey, in a lot of ways from the SEC championship game. But to me, that was a 
pretty telltale sign that that was going to be a longer one for Alabama because he looked like he had lost when you saw his face in the first quarter. What, what's it? There's no question that losing Williams and not having Mechie, which he had, they had both of which in the first half in right. the title game. There's no question that affects the way you call your defense and how much pressure you're bringing. Oh, God, if, you're not, yeah. if you're not concerned about a, a guy who can score on any play, like, of course, that right. affects the way you call your defense. And and Bryce Young was under that pressure the rest of the way. I think it's fascinating because, like, obviously, Jimbo Fisher makes more money than I do to call plays. Um, I, I, it's funny that I sort of agree with them that I didn't like the game plan, but for an opposite reason. I, I do I do agree with you and their assessment that the the timing of with which they took their shots was absolutely bizarre. Like I just there were so many moments where oh was, pick up pick up five yards on first down it's second and five. You've been in third and long the entire game. You're yeah. finally in a situation to stay ahead of the chains and you call a double reverse to a yeah like I I don't incongruence or or a, or hiccuping. I don't know whatever adjective you want to use. It, it, it's maddening. I think it. And we can get to the larger picture in terms of narrative in a second, but this was exactly every problem I've had with Georgia's offense all year long. It was just that I think they did finally find a way to adjust on defense. And as, as insurmountably bad as they were at every level of defense in Atlanta, really for the entire game, they were as well adjusted in this one. And that's something I did not think could happen wholesale. Um, I don't want to be the guy like there are several national media members making an ass out of themselves right now saying, well, it's just they, they lose their top two receivers. So, of course, Georgia won. That's oversimplification. It, it wasn't the, it wasn't a very good Alabama team, you know, like like. Well, I, no, I don't, they don't have Jerry Judy. They don't have Devontae Smith. They, like, no, I know I, we, we have we, we get we get fuzzy. We, we lose context because they've had this just inexplicable streak of world changing game changing world changing how hyperbolic you want to be skill position players and universe, they didn't quite have as many of those this year universe altering <laughs> yeah. i mean at this point like yeah like i mean they you had, go back and go back and look at the bama of the last two or three seasons before this one and it was like yeah they those fuckers could break the space-time continuum what's what's crazy is that the best guy on the team last year who could actually break the space-time continuum didn't play for most of the season and they still went undefeated and won the national title jalen waddle who just set the nfl record for receptions in a single season by a rookie um i i, I so then i, I want to because again I'm, I'm with you there's i don't want to take anything away from georgia because it, it was not even a top eight alabama team under nick saban that they lost our two receivers like you still had to go out and beat them the defense still got stops over and over and over again in their own territory yeah. when they needed to they they called the right the, the defense was just one of the things that i noticed throughout the entire course of the game was every time alabama Bryce Young clearly wanted to get the ball. They wanted nothing to do with the tackle box at all. Like they were just yeah. they like, get, get out of the box. But as soon as the ball was out there, you thought, Oh, this looks like a play. And then there'd be three dudes that would show up in a half a second and they would swarm. They swarmed the ball. It was a great job on defense. I, I just want to know field vision scout their, their adjustment at the line and the ability to move as quickly as they do. It's is crazy. Unparalleled. You cannot find that anywhere else. So, so that's the question I want for you guys. Is it just, we, we've talked about the offense. We've talked about Stetson Bennett. We've talked about the evolution. We've talked about the innovation. We've talked about you can't beat Bama this way, blah, 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 blah. Is it just that this is the best, literally the best defense we've seen in 40 years in college football? Is that the, it's, can we boil it down to that? It's 2019 LSU's offense, but it's, it's just that offense is this defense. That's the yeah. fastest way I can explain it. 
that's a good comparison. And it just, it never feels as flashy on defense, obviously, because, you know, you're not scoring points, but you, it's, right. it, you don't have to be a football aficionado to see that this just looks different. And it, even from it, it, their defense all season was noticeably just at a, on another level, even for someone that is not in the X's and O's, like we are, we are all the time, but especially last night as compared to the SEC championship, because they were just doing whatever they wanted to. I mean, there, you have to have so much confidence in your line defensively to like, I mean, they just look like they're just, just blitzing just to throw Bryce young off um, and coming at it from every different angle. Alabama wasn't able to tosses and sweeps weren't working nothing. So it, it looked pretty their next level. A couple of wrapping up points here for uh, last week on the show. I said, I just think Georgia's the better team. I, I, they were the better team for 12 games in the regular season. They're the more complete team on Monday night. They're the better football team. Nick Saban is the better coach and Bryce Young's the better quarterback. But I think undervalued in a lot of this is the weaponry Georgia has on offense. With Zamir White, James Cook, Brock Bowers, George Pickens, like these guys are all five stars. Like these guys are studs. And, and while Stetson Bennett wasn't great, he wasn't perfect. He made some big plays when he had to, and the defense was, was absolutely dominant. So um, I don't think there's anything to be taken from this because you want you already mentioned sort of like big picture narrative, Stephen. I don't think there's anything, you know, walk on quarterbacks are going to start winning titles and we're going to recruit lesser than no, this. And there are only bad lessons to take from this. That, that, me, meaning like <laughs> don't take anything is what you're saying. I'm saying that that much like the in the go back for a second and think about where we were drawing narratives in the wake of that LSU win. Okay. Alabama will rebound. They will be as instantly as effective as they ever have been, if not better than this year, next year immediately. So, so put that on the shelf. And then the next thing is look from, from a philosophical standpoint, this was a victory for being reductive, which is something that I've, we haven't seen. Like we haven't seen. Meaning the game went backwards. We kind of, yeah. Like it's a dick thing to say about a national champion, but it's also true. Like, (laughs) From an offensive standpoint, you can't you can't point at a national title winning quarterback with a lack of skill set like this one in years. This is we we moved away from this considerably because it was old Alabama. If you are not careful and you were in the SEC or or, or adjacent to it, Clemson, Florida State, Ohio State, et cetera, you can take some very bad lessons, some wrong lessons from this. Um, yes, you, you, you look bottom line is personnel won this national title. I agree with you on that. I think Kirby dodged a major bullet. And I think there are a couple points in this game where they do fuck up and lose this again. I do think it's a different game with the wide receivers because I do think they're going to be more vertical on offense in the second half. Talking about Alabama. They still have to fix the offensive problems. They still have to embrace a modern offense. They yeah, cannot, name, they won't name, win name multiple Caleb, national titles like this. His name is Caleb Williams, by the way, <laughs> just. Throw, maybe throwing it out, throwing it out i there. mean his name was justin fields yeah, like that's true. that's true like they're they're all of the persistent issues and and questions and criticism we had about georgia and kirby smart yesterday or last week still exists today he just has a national title and what, I mean, where i'm interested in as a pretty Georgian big difference is like is that okay <laughs> is that enough now like as a as, as i'm from the state i know how badly like th- this this is the first georgia championship i've seen in my life so they, they won the year before I was born. And that drought defined the entire state more than any professional team, more than any other college team, obviously. So that's been satiated. I know for a fact in Louisiana, 
they go crazy every two to three years, four years in the wake of Saban. It's a different personal relationship. I'm curious, it what what is the Georgia standard now moving forward? Are they are, like how long are they going to point to the 2022 sign and say that well that was the we won the title that year? And how can you build on what you already? have because obviously what you're doing on defense is working and I will say let us not forget that an interception is kind of what sealed the deal last night I mean it wasn't you know Georgia still would have I guess won without it but um it still was the defense that got, kind of put it over the edge but how can you as a team not lose uh momentum in terms of building your defense and keeping it while you develop the offense or we're going to end up in like a you know kind of start over position again recruiting wise so I want to, I think there's a larger conversation about like, you're talking about what lessons can we take from this? We've got a new coach at LSU, a new coach at Florida, a first year mm -hmm. coach at Auburn, a first year coach at Tennessee and Jimbo Fisher on the verge of sort of building his roster to the place it needs to be to compete. I see you, you sneaking Tennessee into that. I, I'm just saying teams that have won national titles in the last 25 years that have oh. unlimited, unlimited budgets and are there's part that, of the, there's that hashtag feels like 98. No, no, no. Part of the haves in college football, Tennessee's hundred percent, a part of the haves, whether you, whether you like it or not, I, I would, to be 26 I would years. totally fucking disagree with that. that we, well, we, we, we got we all can do a whole hour on that some other time, but they are. If I say 21 of the last 24 national titles have come from teams in the southeastern footprint, they count. And so the, the point is, is that they have huge expectations and yes. huge budgets. All these programs yes. do. Yes. And they can take some lessons, some good, some bad from what Georgia has done. And we'll get to some of those. But I want to pause for a second on you just completely bitch slapping Stetson Bennett in the face. I, I he is a you, you, I do not think he's as talented as any of the quarterbacks we've seen win championships for I don't know how long. Jake Coker, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, in 2015, yeah, no, go, all you got to do is go backwards. So, so again, we can keep going past that. I, I think he is more talented than you're giving him credit for. He's an, he's a better athlete than Jacob Coker was. Coker was a four-star recruit who went to Florida state who transferred, but it was probably a better passer, but like, it's not like the dude didn't average over 10 yards per attempt and throw the game winning touchdown pass from midfield. And you know, like the guy, the yeah, guy's got arm throws off. He was also around all those five stars that you mentioned. I to totally agree. Same thing with, with Coker. So yeah. I, I just, I just don't want to like, I, I don't want this to turn, like he was the starting quarterback for the reason. And, and we were told all year, we just didn't want to believe it. Cause we thought JT Daniels was better. I'm guilty of this. Dude. He's Trent Dilfer, man. Stetson <laughs> like, Bennett he, was a better, he's better than Ken Dorsey. He's way more he's, talented he's, than he's, Ken Dorsey. He's, he's Trent Dilfer. He's the Trent Dilfer or like Jeff Hostetler trivia question. He's more talented than Craig Krenzel. He's more talented than Ken Dorsey. He's more talented Craig Krenzel than is playing football. Whoa, whoa, okay. Hang on. Craig Krenzel is playing football at a time that does not schematically look anything like what we're seeing today. Okay. But if you, if you want to go 10, 15 years backwards, I don't know if he surpasses any of those people that we talked about. And moreover, moreover, Greg McElroy, the, the, he might be more talented than McElroy physically. Maybe. Yeah, he, he um, would run, he would run laps around McElroy athletically. But that's my point. You're, you're proving my point for me. Football has moved so far away from this that I think it's dangerous to tell people that, oh, yeah, don't worry about the quarterback position. That That's not what I'm saying. I, I, that's but not in the I'm future, saying. are you going to bet against the field or are you going to bet against this situation? Are you going to bet against, are you going to bet for, hey, it's going to look a lot more like a Bryce Young? It's going to look like a, um, yes, but you know, give me the defense. Deshaun Watson. G give me the defense. Joey Burrow. Well, all those quarterbacks had good defenses too. That's how you, I mean, you argue this all the time. There's only 10 times. Like, this is the closed off big boy part of college football. 
there's only 15 teams that can do this. SEC, SEC, like this is. I, this I can't is believe I'm we, defending Stetson Bennett. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's a da- there are some dangerous lessons to be learned from this game. And I also the other thing I would bring up is this. And I'm not trying to like I'm not taking anything away from. I'm wearing an REM shirt. I just realized that. Athens. There you go. This is an REM. There shirt. it is. Um, I've got some widespread panic memorabilia somewhere behind me. So LSU was invincible, right? And then what happened? Ojra, he's an idiot, right? He did all that dumb off-season stuff, right? That's why they fell apart, right? Okay? Just throwing this out there. What is your expectation for Georgia next season? And what is your expectation for Alabama? Well, Bama's number one because they have the two best players in the country coming back at the at, at the at one at the most important position. I think there are certainly questions about how you fill all those holes for Georgia, but I still think they're the easy front runner to win the East. Well, so again, I, mean, I think I think you're you're. Here's the other thing: I'm not disagreeing with you guys about having Trevor Lawrence is better than having Stetson Bennett. Like I'm not disagreeing with that. <laughs> like, ooh, Trevor Lawrence. There's another one. I'm, I'm not arguing Did I say with Burrow already. Joey Burrow. Yeah. I'm not argue. I'm not, this is not the argument I'm making. I'm simply I mean, saying he's not as, he's not like this like sack of potatoes, piece of garbage player. Like the guys, you know, Oh wait, I'm trying to definitely had something to prove. I'm just, I just, who was the starting quarterback for Alabama? Like in the Cooper Bateman, who ended up being Jacob 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 Coker won Coker the starts national, that title game. Yeah, he yeah, won right. the national championship and he threw for like 350 in that game against Clemson. Yeah. yeah. Um in, in in 2014 it was Cart Cardell Jones who's is had like an otherworldly three games but is probably closer to Stetson Bennett. Cardell Jones is a legend sir and I would take him over Stetson Bennett any oh, day of the week. Oh, I don't know. Um but the point is, is that he's that's the, he, personal bias. I just, he, I just love Cardell he, Jones went to a hospital with a sick kid and played Madden and beat his ass and told the sick kid that's a scene from half baked. And he did it. <laughs> Cardell Jones is um, 13 was Jameis Winston, super quarterback 12 right. and 11 were AJ McCarron clearly yeah. better, but like more game manager than, than not, but Heisman fin- finalist and McCarron's still very, very good. I think, yeah, he's he's a very t- he's more talented than Bennett. There's no question. 2010, Sam big, he's bigger too. That was oh, that was the other thing too. Just throwing this out there, A and M staff kept saying, "Hey, when he's stuttering in the second quarter, why are you forcing this? Why are you forcing this? If you're going to use the throw effectively, it needs to be out. It needs to be out routes. It needs to be curls. It needs to be comebacks. He can see it. He can see it. That's one of the other confusing things. That and this is not me. This is an SEC coaching staff and a coaching staff that's won a national title in the BCS era." More or less, Coley was on staff. They're like, "Why are they? He, he how tall is he? How tall is he? Five. He's 10. not that tall. Yeah, right. he's not tall. You had a five foot ten quarterback doing things that are not designed for a five foot ten quarterback. This is not me. This is not my opinion. I'm just simply relaying information. There was a lot of that last night, and this is where I'm just like, you won the national title because your defense was ungodly, and maybe mm-hmm. one of the best recruited defenses we've ever seen in the modern era. Probably the best. Like the same way we talk about." LSU's offense in 19 and Joe Brady. But damn, your offense was dumb. Man. Because Man. you talk about, like, you talk about Zemir. 33 you points. Up, you brought 33 up 33 points on Alabama in the national points, title game. Not 33 points on Alabama. I know, I know. I'm just being the heel here. Defensive points. But, like, like you brought up Zamir White a second ago, Braden, and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, how do you make these people afterthoughts? Well, he, he, Samir White had like seven carries for 50 something yards in the first half. Like he wasn't an afterthought. He was the leading rusher. 
Like I, I kept, that's why I kept saying like, throw the football to the running backs, use he the just, running backs, but, run the football. And then they did on two drives back to back and it I, worked. I think and any they took Georgia fan, any Georgia fan sober right now would not be like, we used Amir white as effectively as we could have. Oh no, I, I agree with you. I think they yeah. should have gone to it more in the first half. I, you want to talk about terrible things I'm about to say. I'm going to compliment Sark because Sark would like, and I hated Sark's offense, especially when he was in the NFL. They would maximize the value at the skill position. They would force feed it. They force feed it. No, I, I got. I, I agree with you. Until you, until you, as that skill position player, would show your limit. This goes back to what I said originally, which is if Todd, if Todd Munkin had called a great game and a great game plan and executed the right way, I think Georgia wins that game even more. Like yeah, even but more if a frog points. had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass when he hopped. There you go. All right. So what a phrase. Thank you. All in all, to just put a bow on it it's you can we can go back and forth about Stetson Bennett for forever about Alabama having you know major people out with injuries and that's you know the game could have been different if play calling could have won by more but you're a a um a Cinderella story of a walk-on transfer no one think you could got it get it done and whether or not the defense I mean the defense was immaculate but you he did it in the right moment with all the eyes on him, with all of the pressure, with that um un, less than ideal interception. Um, but like the catch, I mean, that catch to Mitchell. I mean, if this is nice almost throw. looks just like just like yeah, what Bryce Young did in the iron bowl in the iron bowl against why can't I speak today? Iron bowl against Auburn. That's like real Memphis, world just, road rolls challenge. The IRO just is one one value for iron bowl. <laughs> I do it too. But just to keep your composure and get that done like he did in that situation with all eyes on him, with all the doubters, is you can't take that away from him. We still should have probably had Nicobe Dean on Good Morning America. That's the unfair beauty of football, That's is true. that the quarterback is just going to be the main character regardless. Like if if Good Morning America wanted to talk to the person who affected change, it would be the the otherworldly creature that could move as fast laterally yeah, as he yeah. can vertically. It's true. Who gets mad at his own players when they get in his way? Holy <laughs> shit. He's a, de- he's a demon. Players. He's amazing. Um, Put that man in a Falcons uniform. He's a, he's a Keep flesh, him in Georgia. He's a flesh bomb is what he is. Oh. I hate when you do this with flesh bomb. It's like my least favorite thing that you do. Flesh bomb? Yeah, flesh it's bomb. so gross. It's from a, How does that from, not sound like a sex toy? It's from a very... It, it, it should, does. It, it, should be yeah. it should be trademarked if it's not. But um, Something tells me it's available. One day he said flesh bomb and... He plays well behind his pads well, within ten seconds of each other. He's got a nice V-shaped torso. He's got great knee bend. Like you know where I got all these from, right? There, there's one. Yeah, I know. Per- there's one particular person <laughs> that I used to work with. Oh, actually, I don't know. Used to say all this stuff and and yeah. at at, at uh, a particular recruiting service. So, um, but I mean, it is an accurate uh, portrayal of Nicobe Dean. He is in fact a bomb of flesh. There is no question about that. Um, all, all right, I, so. The rest this. of the SEC, I just we were going to talk about larger narratives here, and then you started insulting Tennessee. But I just want to we've got all these new guys at all these <laughs> national new, champion Tennessee. We've got all these new guys at all these new places that have the same expectations. LSU, Florida, A and M, you know, yeah, yes, Tennessee, Auburn, they all have the same expectations. And I, I, Saban has now been beat six times, if you include 2019 LSU. Mm-hmm. as sort of a i know it's not really fair to include it but like i'm kind of shoehorning it in a little bit because they alabama was undefeated they lose to joe burrow in, in that great game if they had beaten lsu in that game 
they would have gone on to the SEC championship game, even with the loss to Auburn and probably played in, in the playoff. Don't know what happens at that point. But 08, 08, they lose undefeated to Florida and Tebow. 15, they lose. 14, they lose to Cardell Jones and Ohio State in the playoff. They probably would have won the Natty that year. They, they lose to um, Deshaun Watson on the final play of the national championship game in 16. They lose uh, to Joe Burrow and LSU. They lose on Monday night to Georgia. We've now seen six times, five or six times, where Nick Saban and an Alabama team has lost in a championship setting. If anything, it cements his status as the greatest of all time because he also has seven rings, and he's just in that position to win all the time. But what it also does, I'm hoping, is that it provides some level of hope to other schools that have the ability to land that level of athlete. We've now seen Urban Meyer do it at Florida and Ohio State. We've seen Clemson do it twice with Dabo, Coach O at LSU, and now Kirby at Georgia. Wait, you're you're saying that Nick Saban's era gives other people hope? No, no, I'm no, I'm trying to find the 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 silver lining of what Monday Monday night was yet another time where someone figured out how to beat Saban, and it's rare. Yeah, it doesn't happen. But... It's very very rare, and it's incredibly difficult. And you have to recruit top five classes. But we've we yeah, so it's, it's possible. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean. I'm already so who, seeing this. Re- I'm seeing this revisionist history already start where it's like, if you count Oklahoma and Texas as part of the SEC, then the SEC's won X amount of like that already, that shit already started last night. That was, that was from me like last week. <laughs> um, well, I saw it. I saw a bunch of idiots that you wouldn't associate with doing it last night. Um, the interesting thing to me is like, okay, if it's not Ohio state and it's not USC, then now it's SEC teams. Right. So I was thinking about this this morning. If you, I think what you're trying, I think, I think the road you're trying to create here is like, who could do this? Who's out there? Who's looking at putting those pieces together? If not, I, I, I it's USC. That's the answer, by the way, it's going to take four years, three years. Cause they, cause they just go back and look at their recruiting and they look at the portal. Like they don't have it right now. Okay. J- Jimbo is Jimbo. Not four years um, ahead, of, ahead of Lincoln Riley. Oh, I mean, I went non sec just because of the oh, okay. claim. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, A&M is like way, way further ahead. I guess technically the answer is A&M. The long-term answers to break up the monotony that we're seeing is USC, Miami, and then the bigger questions that the sport will have to address is like, what, what kind of referendum are we having on Notre Dame? Cause he's now in the sec. That's a whole other conversation. And then potentially are we also having that conversation about Michigan in like two weeks? So it's probably a and M probably if not Clemson coming back or, that, you that's, know, that's all I'm asking. Put a little soft money on Miami, by the way. Yeah. I, I think the recruiting Chris, well, that's all I'm asking Aaron is like, we, we see these glimmers of hope every couple of years with these guys that have figured it out with, with coach. O, we know it was like this random one year thing that sort of was a freakazoid combination of occurrences, but urban Meyer, it was not a freak. Dabo was not a freak accident. Kirby is now built to this Jimbo's doing it. I, I agree. USC is the one outside of the footprint that I think has the best chance. We just saw the best Michigan team in 20 years fail miserably because they don't have the players. We've seen Notre Dame fail three times. The BCS and twice in the playoff with the best coach they've almost ever had. And it didn't work. So can it work at LSU? Maybe is Billy Napier that guy? I definitely don't think it's Josh Heupel. I definitely don't think it's Brian Harson. So crystal ball is a good one. I could see that at Miami. I could see that. Yeah. Well, and then I'm with you on A&M is the answer to that. I think if the next person to do it would be, would be them. And I think some of that comes down to, just the depth that these SEC schools have, because when you get all the way to postseason play, like we saw, you know, 
people, uh, Alabama just plagued with injuries yesterday. I mean, you have to have the the depth to be able to, you know, and the personnel and the talent to be able to uh, actually put up a fight against Nick Saban. I mean, it's never going to be easy, but to me, the SEC with its caliber of players and how many of them there are um, is the most viable option. Now explain to me why you guys think it would be USC. Uh, recruiting. Potential budget and uh, yeah. So, so what I'm looking for is either uh, a, a, a foot, an existing footprint of, of the uh, ingredients necessary to pull this recipe off. Like, because what Braden's proposing here can only be done by like 15 programs. So you start looking around and if you're trying to make a creative answer, you would think like, well, did you used to have this capability? Can you retain that capability or can you, could you restart that capability? And somewhere in there is USC mainly because of the money, the recruiting and the geography. Uh, the, those bones are, are brittle, but they're there. Miami's bones are are brittler, uh, but they're there. And and count Texas out of the SEC for a second. But I think Texas has the bones too. So I do. But also, I but also, British. I can't say that shit anymore. You're I, I like I'm not trying to argue you on that one because like I guess technically you're right. But I I mean, no no one takes a Lamborghini and runs it into a fucking ditch like Texas. So. I, I I agree. I agree. Does, is it a bigger advantage to be? This is gonna be. I don't even know. If this is an answerable question. Is it a bigger advantage? as a team that plays Alabama, like being an SEC team, um, especially in the West and knowing that you're playing them every year, does that give you more of an advantage or does not being someone that Alabama plays regularly, is that more of an advantage? Alabama's lack of ability to prep versus a team's um, familiarity with playing Alabama. I think history tells you it's a push. Yeah, because you've seen Clemson do it, then you've seen programs come up and in 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 single moments poke their head out. So mm-hmm. Auburn, Auburn once, LSU once, Georgia once. Who's a cross division opponent? Am I leaving one out? A and M's um, kind of the you know Ohio that's it right State now. doesn't count, um, right? So so yeah. it's it's probably a yeah. push because because it's really what you're. I think the question you're actually asking is, is like. Is it Clemson or is it being inside the actual SEC machine? And if you could, I would still maintain that if you can replicate the SEC in terms of talent acquisition development, bingo. That I'd stay the I'd stay the fuck out of there and not have to play like a yes. really good eight and four Kentucky team every in week. November, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, and, and that, like that, go it, beat the shit out of NC State instead. Yes, this is Miami, <laughs> Florida. This is the argument for Miami, Florida State, and Clemson. That's it's the argument for those three. And I would you, do that. Like if I'm Mario Cristobal. And even if I'm not from Miami and I'm looking at like a job at Miami or a job at help me Auburn, I'm going to Miami, man. Like it's just, it's a man. What Dabo has shown us in this era is that there's a manageable blueprint to coming in, letting them kill each other. And then just being the last person to fire a shot at the survivor. (laughs) We've got, we've got to move on. I agree with that, but it's also there. It has to be certain level of school has to be certain bones. As you say, to be yeah, good like enough six. to like to like leave like the South Carolina because you're not leaving South Carolina for Virginia Tech, but you'd leave for Miami. Like that's the difference. Like there has to be a it's that tier of school we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that yeah. What's the ceiling? Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you'd much rather be at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, South Carolina, where you know you're not gonna win a damn thing, but you're gonna get paid a shit ton of money and maybe be a top twenty five team and have lots of resources and be in a good footprint and, and all that good stuff. So and then you get right. fired in four years. Yeah, exactly. Buyout life after that. All right. We gotta put a pin in this and let's move on.
Fringe Element, Aaron Dugan, is brought to you by the wonderful and amazing, talented, fantastic folks at Jaspers. Take a jovial, a, a jovial jaunt to this um, joyful joint. With it Jerry, is with Jerry Judy. With Jerry Judy, it's a jewel with, or it's it's full of jubilant jesters. I'm not joking. <laughs> Jet set to this jaw dropping joint of a restaurant. Pretty damn good. You replicate you. a joint, but pretty good. Two joints is always better than one joint, though, so it's fine. It's fine. Okay, yeah, that's true. It has to be. It has to be one, just joint or jewel is the only thing you can replicate. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Um, mm. Go to Jasper's. The parking is free. The food is amazing. The happy hour is great. It's Starts great with the letter place. J. It's a great place to watch all the NFL games, all the Nashville Predators games. And, yes, in fact, it does start with the letter J, which, yeah. in case if you were – Choosing making restaurant decisions with your friends and family. In case based. if you were choosing making, <laughs> if in case if you were choosing making decisions <laughs> on your restaurants to celebrate based on. See, now I'm talking like Corey. You know what I told you about making decisions? Yeah, you are talking about Corey. Talking like Corey right now. I'm just saying you should choose restaurants based on the letter that they start with. It's not that crazy, <laughs> Jay. It's a great letter, Jay. That sounds just like him. Go to Jester's. Honestly. Um, I did tweet a uh, side note. I tweeted. He didn't respond, which I'm not surprised, but it's very busy. if you guys did not listen last week, we have now have some beef about we're calling each other influencers. Corey's <laughs> calling me one. I'm calling him one. I did start it. I will admit. Um, but he was maybe going to hop on with us last night, but it seems like he got uh, started partaking in some festivities. He doesn't normally drink. It did seem based on his um, appearance online last night that he probably had had a couple, <laughs> but I tweeted at him and said, were um was our favorite influencer under the influence last night or something like that and i have uh, only heard bird chirps or crickets since crickets, then yeah, i haven't heard crickets. back from i did bird see chirps. I, I, I did see like a rap video though that he the buttercream dream put out <laughs> no i video. saw you retweeted that <laughs> pretty damn good. he's wild he's a funny dude man go anyways check out, go jasper's check out that is episode delicious. and go check out jasper's it is a great happy hours during preds games home and road three dollar beers and ten dollar smash burgers uh, the grab and go markets, great place for after work, great place for lunch, lots of space in there, free parking. Uh, cannot say enough positive things about Jasper's. Uh, and it's and not I, weird to go by yourself. That's what I like about no, it. I actually not. like going to eat alone. Some people, that's like their biggest fear. I love it sometimes. Maybe that's because we've, you and I have both traveled a lot solo, yeah. I'm sure. So oh, I'm I love, just used to it. I, but so um, th three things, movies, concerts, dinner. Concerts alone are so underrated. I do not do okay. I want you to guess. So there's three. There's those three things. Doing alone. Go to a concert. Going to a restaurant to eat, and going to a movie. I, one I have never done, ever in the in the history of my life. One I do all the time and love. Probably my wife probably doesn't even know how much I do. <laughs> I do, I do it. <laughs> uh, number one, and then number and the other one I've done maybe like three or four times in my entire life. Which one do you think so? So you've done them all. No, one. The I've one you've done. never done. One I've one never you've done. done a lot. One I do all the time, and then one I've done like t three times. I bet you've never gone to a concert alone. I have gone to a concert alone like two or three times. You've never gone to a movie by yourself. I've never gone to a movie by myself. Don't you think it's like most people would be weirder about going to a concert alone than a movie? Like a movie, it's dark anyway. Yeah, but I am like 
this will come as a shock to everyone listening. Go to Jasper's. I am like, like, like you know how like playing video games for people that are ADD gets you like super focused and you get hyper focused on it because there's so much action going on on the screen that you can, that it keeps your interest. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, like I had that as a kid. I, I get that way with music. I don't talk to anybody. I'm dead mm-hmm. silent. I'm quiet. And I am like studying every guitar riff and studying. I'm, I'm moving from one band to the next piece of instrument, one instrument to the next. And I'm like, I'm so zeroed in on experiencing what I'm hearing and like studying how it's all happening that I get like super zoned in and I don't talk to people. Like you, mm-hmm. you'd be, you'd be surprised how few words I would say at a concert. <laughs> well, and it's not, it's, it's not fun when someone's talking to you through a concert. Yes. Like I 100%. did the Ryman alone not too long ago. And I was like, I'm going to do, start doing this all the time. <laughs> Great. Like no right. one's like talking to me during my favorite part of the song. No one judges you when you Love order it. a double, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and I don't like sitting through, I can't, I don't sit through movies well. So I haven't even been to the movie theater in God knows how long. I just wait for them to come out elsewhere. I, but I love, love, love going to sit at the bar at a good restaurant like Jasper's ch- getting a, getting a, a light, you know, a light tentative loose conversation with the bartender, nothing too heavy that like causes me any anxiety or inconvenience, nothing that bothers them and their job, but it's just a light witty repartee and like some nice, good food like I, I could do that all every city in America. I'll go sit at a bar by myself and eat dinner. Love it. No problems. Me too. And there's only certain restaurants that there's certain restaurants where that's the most fun and inviting. And Jasper's is one of those, like you won't be the only person eating alone. Probably and a lot can, of people <laughs> at the bar. Here's the new tagline. Jasper's come to Jasper's where you can eat alone. <laughs> With other you have no fr- Got no friends and no hope. Come to Jasper's. <laughs> We can't I give do. you friends, but we can feed you. <laughs> but the way the bar set up is that you get to look at all the other people that are alone. It's really nice. It's wonderful. The, the bar, right. the the bar works. So we're eavesdropping uh, other people's conversations. Absolutely. Go to Jasper's, everybody. So let's 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 play a couple of light tunes here to to wrap up before we get to Chris Childers, and and that is number one. They're Alabama fans, like watching them in the stands, watching them on Twitter. I know it's not real life, but like they're just, they look so devastated. And I just, I know sports are like about living in the moment and, and like celebrating that thing that you experience for the rest of your life, even if it's vacated in the end by the NCAA. Like, who cares? You, you experienced the game. I, I, I don't understand how Alabama fans can be all that devastated right now. Like, they're, I, I just, I don't understand it. I saw a lot of people saying, things like oh we'll just where's the title game next year let's start booking plans for los oh yeah yeah a lot of that i I, I don't know how you can be so devastated right now like i don't i don't i don't i don't think they are as a whole okay there's no reason that's what i was gonna say i feel like they're not not i mean i would bet on them winning the conference and thus being in the playoff at probably the one seed immediately right now yeah so no i don't think they're devastated at all i think there's a reason why I saw various iterations of that going around on Twitter last night, you know, people overhearing that conversation or, or Bama fans saying it themselves, but like, it's true. They're probably going to be in Los Angeles next year at that national title. Now I did take some, there are people like angry tweeting me last night and today, I guess, but again, that's not, that's not real life, but is there, there's not a luckier fan base on the planet in any sport. Even Patriots fans aren't as lucky as Alabama fans, right? Correct. Lakers? Lucky or just blessed? 
well, or or committed. Hashtag <laughs> but, blessed. Um, <laughs> committed to winning and committed to the the loony bin. I mean, both it's hard those. for me. Like, I, you know, none of us have really had the easiest fandoms in the world. So the three of us are just going to have maybe seemingly less sympathy than maybe someone else had. Although I don't think sympathy really surrounds Alabama fans very often. <laughs> I have never gotten to experience what they've gotten to experience multiple times. So I, my sympathy well, level is low. I think there's a couple things at play here. They were not adjusted. They, they were not at a national title expectation this year. Everything after the fourth quarter in the iron bowl was a happy circumstance to them. Yeah. That's fair. remember I mean, like, like even by their own standards, this was going to be the nine and three year. This was going to be the nine and three year, you know, I've had my my colleagues at S, at uh, Split Zone Duo, like Richard Johnson, who works for SI. He was convinced from a schematic and personnel standpoint going into this season that they were going to be nine and three, and be left out of the whole thing. And I mean, they they came damn close to almost fulfilling that in the Iron Bowl. So, because of what you the the way you set the table, Braden, and saying, well, they've got the two best players in football. They're coming back. They have no deficiencies. If they want to make a change at OC or DC, they can. If they don't, they don't have to. I think that's the current that's the current status of Bob and Pete Golding. And even if they do, they've literally won a national title a year after plunging seven assistants or having them all run away. Yeah. I've seen it both. I've seen both of those things happen. Um, so that doesn't affect them. So yeah, it's like it's house money. Yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think Bama fans, uh, rational, reasonable, sort of level-headed, and and listen, Aaron, you've got college baseball World Series championships. God forgive. Yeah, you that just is. Gotta, that's the gotta, only thing. You just got mm-hmm. a Brave championship. Now, as a Packers fan, I have seen two Super Bowl rings. So uh, I've seen, and as as a shareholder, got my share of stock right there over there on the wall. I'm actually an owner of those two Super Bowl rings. Uh, but but my alma mater did win a national championship. I just want to point that out, like recently. So I have a ring I mean, though. I've been dead inside. <laughs> That's true. You since... do have a ring. I have a ring. I'll wear that next week. I've been um, dead inside since February 5th, 2017. So like it. it yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. When you, I've when been you dead have... inside since 2000. Aaron, do you know what, do you know what that date is? That he, no, it, say it again. Ring? I was already moving February on. February 5th, 2017. I should. Uh, that was the my dad's uh, 28 birthday? to three, 28 to three comeback. It's by also, the, by the it's also now my daughter's birthday. Really? Yeah. Your daughter was born on the same day that the Falcons gave up the worst Super Bowl lead ever. Three years later, yeah. Three oh years God. later. Wow, God day. hates Mended. you. <laughs> I kind of like it though. I think now I knew it's that. like it's now a it's like so, yeah, it's something such different. a good day now. Something yeah, yeah. different. Well, it forces um, you to not remember it. Um, all right. What? Why is our music videos like a thing? Like, are these a thing that people care about now? Aaron, you're what the young, you're the young, weird. you're the young influencer. What? What? What's what are you going talking on? about? I'm so sick of you. <laughs> I'm so sick of you. Um, the music video is weird. It was definitely she definitely got paid a bunch of money because it was just an L is an LG ad. Right. It was just ad placement. It's weird. It was also like I like Katy Perry. I think she's super creative. That was definitely a back step. I was like, wait, are you, are you trying to be like Britney Spears in her prime with like this full breakdown dance? It's not really her thing. She's normally this like super was this creative the show. It was it no it was no a, it was a world premiere, premiere of a music video during, during the game during, during the game ha- during the halftime. It was weird. If if listen, we're all college football junkies, but like if you want to know where college football relates relative to the NFL, all you have to do is watch the different halftime shows. Oh, I was 
I was on the other feed, and then at halftime, I was just like away from the television. No, so, I walked away. I actually went. I had no. I have no idea what you're talking about. I went and did dishes. I went and did dishes because I was like, my wife started dishes in the second quarter, and I was like, dude, I can't hear the game. Stop with the dishes. I'll do it at halftime. So I went. I went and cleaned up everything during halftime. But I turn around and it's like coming up next, the world music video premiere of Katy Perry's blah 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 with some like, you know, Euro. Euro guy that I've never heard of who does like electronica. And I just, I just am curious if I miss something that music videos are like, I mean, kids are watching YouTube a lot these days. I don't know. I'm just curious. I, um, the, not so that the, I know of. I can give you a slightly more educated answer if you would like it. That has mainly to do with corporate synergy and usually some marketing obligations that are built into the giant Disney machine. Yeah. Because as you saw in the pre, I watched a part of the pregame. I try and avoid it. Um, there was this whole, pre-tape segment that they built and produced about miracle about the miracle on ice and georgia sort of you know equating bama to the ussr during that every clip <laughs> they see they can see miracle now streaming on disney plus and then you have the advertisement for the latest either star wars or marvel thing if i had to guess she's probably signed to hollywood records which is owned by disney even if she is not there's probably some sort of contract built into the disney stratosphere that's why i, I think i think everybody knows all this stuff well, that's what I'm like. That's the only answer I could give you. Okay. All right. I mean, because nobody. Cares about well, what I'm what I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's not about is it fit for Georgia Bama. It's just like no, they had to do it contractually, so yes. they shoehorned it in. Yeah. No, I I agree. I just I, I, to me the juxtaposition that I have is how big that the Super Bowl halftime show is talked about, thought of, viewed, considered, paid for, all this other yeah. stuff. Because we're still in a shadow. We don't know that college football. Yeah, we don't know that. We're in the snow globe. We're not outside of it. What What do you think? The re- we'll finish with this. How How is this game received nationally? We don't are have TV. Ra- we don't have TV ratings yet. I haven't seen them. If the TV ratings good, aren't out, that's not good. It was a good game. Yeah, that's true. I'm just saying. Like I could tell no, no, you. I, I, I get, yeah, I get your point. I, like, like they, I, don't, they normally spit that shit out as fast as possible. If it's correct. Yeah, yeah. Big, it it, it, beho- it actually behooves you to do it as fast as possible so it gets the most media coverage. Um from a national standpoint, it's probably honestly, if you don't care about college football, this is not the game that's going to lock you in. This is just a furthering of the malaise and the bigger issues that plague the sport. And everyone in the South gets mad at me when I say this, but if the ratings back that up, people will apologize it away. ESPN still has a major issue, but now I'm branching into like, why the fuck is it on New Year's Eve again? Like we're not even done with New Year's Eve yet. Did y'all know that? No, it's next year. Next year. Yeah. Great fucking plan. Listen, here's the plan. As the commissioners are arguing about all this stuff, it's not that difficult. It's 12 teams, no bowl games involved except for the final one. Use home sites, showcase the sport nationally. Yes. And Put in um, Pasadena every year, too. Pasadena as the championship game, I would love it. Every year. Um, and uh, here's, here's, a, here's a crazy outside the box idea play the games on Saturdays. Yeah, that, bought, that, that, is, uh, that narrative has kind of kicked up some steam lately about, not, a, about why is it on a Monday? Or in New Year's Eve on a Friday afternoon. Like, yeah, like, I will say, but like, I, I feel that way about college basketball's national title being on a Monday night. I don't understand the money. I know why they do it. I just, it, it has such an anticlimactic feel to me. Aaron, any, any thoughts here? Wrapping up the show? Sending Georgia dogs off into their Not gonna lie. sunset? I got distracted there for a second, but you guys seem to be doing well. Wow. I was trying to figure out one word that I was wanted to, I was trying to challenge myself on the Jasper's ad that I know is coming. And <laughs> I was trying to pick, I was just trying to decide to like pick a letter. Cause I'm going to try to do every adjective that starts with the same letter. So that's where my head was. I don't have ADD yet. I don't know who told you that. We, we, 
<laughs> Nobody did. We, we, oh, sorry. I know one said that. You just, we just, we, yeah, you just told no, no, me. no. I don't know why you guys would say that. I don't have it. Um, all right. On that note, congratulations <laughs> to the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, we'll be back every week this offseason to talk college football. Steven's going to go sleep for a couple of weeks, a couple mm-hmm. of months, uh, and we'll talk to him uh, a little bit later on. When we return, Chris Childers of SiriusXM going to join us and talk a little bit more about Georgia and Alabama right here on Fringe Element. We welcome to the show Chris Childers, longtime friend and former colleague here, of course, of SiriusXM Full Ride uh, each and every day on Channel 84. You can catch him on Twitter, I believe, at Childers Radio, tweeting about all kinds of Disney things and Star Wars and fast food restaurants, but mostly college football and a good friend. I, I, I can't react to a national championship game without talking to you, my friend. So welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for uh, having me. What a national championship it was. All right, let's start there. What type of interest nationally, what type of reaction do we think we get from college football nation, fans of college football, to clearly deserving the best two teams in, in, in the country, giving us a wonderful game and a new champion that we haven't seen in 40 years? Lots of positives in there, but two SEC teams playing defense. What do you think the reaction is going to be from the, from the greater college football group think? Not good. I mean, it's two SEC teams. Like you said, there's a massive fatigue. It just is what it is. I mean, the BCS era, we had what, seven or eight titles in a row. And then you look at what's going on with Alabama in 15 years. You look at what's going on in the playoff era, Georgia now winning a title. I mean, it's been LSU, Bama, Georgia, the last three years, there is a fatigue factor. Uh, Clemson might as well be an SEC team to people in the Midwest and the West coast. And They've been the ones that have won it. You know, if it hasn't been a team from the SEC, uh, I think the Midwest, if you're not a Buckeye fan, I guess a Michigan fan this year, you don't really care. The West Coast people that I know, they've, they just don't care. They just, uh, it passed them by, right? They cared when they were kids. They liked Ryan Leaf and Jake Plummer, but they don't give a damn. They've, they've given up on college football. It's become like lacrosse. Lacrosse is huge in the Northeast. College football is huge in the Southeast. That's sort of what it's become. So did America give a shit? I don't think so. Um, I cared. I thought it was a fun game. I thought the Podolesny Rikard field goal matchup back and forth was entertaining. And then we actually got a game breakout in the fourth quarter. Like it was fun. We have a new champion for the first time since 1980 in our Southeastern college football world. This is big news, but does the rest of the country care? I don't, I don't know, but I don't think so. I, I am. I'll be interested to see what TV ratings are, because again, I still Me think, too. I think no matter what any sport we talk about, I, I think drama still sells. And if it's a close game and there's drama there, it will still be interesting, but I agree with you. I think there's lots of fatigue. Um, I, Saban also, if you if you go back and you, you talked about sort of the era that Saban has dominated, which of course he has, he's also now lost to Urban Meyer in, when Urban Meyer was at Florida in a championship setting. He's lost to Urban Meyer in Ohio State in a championship setting. He's lost to Clemson twice. He's now lost to Georgia. So it can be done. The, the, these coaches in these programs are showing us that you can beat Alabama. It's rare and it's very hard. You, you have to have the same players. And he's the greatest coach of all time, but it can be done. I don't know if it can be done 
at places like Notre Dame or Michigan or Oregon or USC or Washington or even even Texas for that matter. I think you're 100% right. Like Notre Dame, there's no chance. Notre Dame, it's college football has evolved beyond Notre Dame. It just has. I think Brian Kelly exceeded expectations. Or he, you know what he did? He exceeded what reality should be for them. And he actually almost met expectations because of it. Because he was in the playoff. He was, you know, ranking in the top 10 every single year. He was in that conversation. But Notre Dame, the bells, the whistles, the money, you can't be, you know, Johnny Academic Powerhouse. And then the school is going to punish the players the way they want to. And then you expect to win national titles. You're not. Now we have NIL and all. I mean, Notre Dame, it's just, it's just passed them by. Uh, Georgia, the nice thing about them, I've always looked at them as a have. I've always looked at them like they should be a national title team. They should be like Auburn. Auburn won a title a couple of years ago, which is uh, they should be like LSU. You know, LSU's won with the last three coaches. That should be them. And yet they found every way in the world to choke possible you know second and 26 the Jalen Hurts game the next year uh, all kinds of things right Simmons being on side all kinds of different things you can go back in your mind and say my god the pain Aaron Murray who we both know the five yards away from beating Alabama in the SEC right. title okay. game and and we both know they would have beat the living hell out of out of Notre Dame if they would have gotten there so now we have another team <laughs> now we have somebody validated we have somebody where it's not just a pipe dream with the number one recruiting class and all that. Like this is now bearing fruit. So now we have another team that's right there on the same playing field with the Alabamas and the Ohio States and the Clemsons of the world, which I think is exciting. But right now, man, in this playoff era, there really are only a handful of teams that can win a national championship. I don't think Michigan could win one. I don't think Notre Dame could win one. You can get to the playoff and get your ass kicked but you're not going to win the game in the playoff. I, so that, that, that leads me to who does have the hope around Alabama and Georgia. Cause now we've got to put Georgia on that same plateau. Ohio, State, Ohio state's probably already been uh, is always there, but yeah, in the sec, let's say, because you've got all these powerhouse programs that have won national titles, Tennessee won a national title in the BCS era, Florida won two national titles in the BCS era, Auburn won a national title during the BCS era. So obviously Jimbo's the closest because he's recruited for four or five years at that at that top level. So again, looking at AM, Brian Kelly at LSU, Billy Napier at Florida, Josh Heupel at Tennessee, Brian Harson at Auburn, all new things in the SEC. Which one of them, in your opinion, and, and Jimbo's the easy sort of first answer, but kind of go a little deeper. Which one of these guys has has the thing you need to replicate what Smart and Saban and previously Urban Meyer did in terms of recruiting, coaching, developing, all that stuff. What, what, somebody else has got to join the party, right? They do. I know a and is the easy one, and I think that's going to get there fast because they got a lot of money. I mean, from all the reports that we're hearing, they paid through their ass for this recruiting class, but it's supposed to bear a lot of fruit, right? Like the, the And it's above board. So it's not like I'm like a year ago, I'm saying this and, oh my God, what are you saying? Remember when you and I sat with one of our favorite basketball coaches and he talked about what he did and we're not going to say his name, but he's in the sec right now. And uh, it was like, Oh my God, what are you saying? And now it's no big deal, right? Like right, no right, big right. deal. You just got to have a booster, get some company and, and give them money above Co board. It's no problem. 
Coach, you are actively committing an NCAA violation in front of a media member. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> in front of multiple media members, like three right. of them or four of them in, in that room. Um, that did happen. But, yeah, it's it's all about the NIL. It's all about the money. Like, I, from everything I've heard, the A&M boosters really ponied up for this class. Like, this was a lot of let's dig deep and and get into our pockets they needed it. They had an eight and four season. Like the thing that this season's almost a success for them because they beat Alabama, but the, re the rest of the reality of the year was they weren't very good. And quarterback was a problem, you know, and we know that. And, and if you improve the quarterback position, do I think they go to a whole new level? Do I think, think they take a step in a massive different direction? I do. I mean, we saw them they were the number five team in America with Kellen Mond, who's okay. Right. So I, I think they're pretty close. I keep hearing things about Billy Napier, but I'm not going to believe it. I know recruiting is supposed to be getting better than it was with Dan Mullen and all this kind of stuff. I'll believe it when I see it. You know what I mean? Billy Napier's got to prove it in the SEC. I've had a lot of guys get a crack at the pinata, right? A lot of guys, you know, get the pickaxe and parka, as New Heisel likes to say, and, you know, go scale Mount Saban. Uh, you got to have the culture and you have to have the boosters in the infrastructure now. Cause like the thing about Georgia that scares me is that not only did they just win the national championship. Now they can essentially buy Caleb Williams and just keep going. You know what I mean? Like it, well, I hope he, I hope he goes to, to USC. Um, I don't think he's going to, I think I, he's going to yeah. go to Georgia. I've always said Georgia would be the most interesting landing spot for him, but they all, mm -hmm. it, it, but also who cares? They have Brock Vandergriff and then another five-star after that. Exactly. Another five it doesn't like, matter. Georgia's already there. I'm a big believer in Napier. So I'm sort of buying into all that stuff are you that, buying that, it? that you guys are talking about. The one I, the, obviously Tennessee and, and Auburn are sort of the furthest away. Um, I, yeah. I think Tennessee is, is much, much closer than it was at this time last year, because I think an adult is now the, you know, chancellor, an adult and a professional yeah, is the God. AD and an adult is the head coach. But I don't think those, I don't think Josh Heupel's the, the guy that's going to out recruit Kirby smart and start winning national titles. I don't think Harson is the guy at Auburn to do that either. Kelly, I think has what it takes to do all of the things. I just don't know if he can recruit. That's my big question about Kelly. I don't know either. Uh, maybe with the transfer portal and all that, it can help a guy like Brian Kelly more than ever at a place like LSU where he doesn't have to recruit. Uh, he just has to win and be able to attract some of those guys to, to come out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's an amazing time in recruiting a basketball coach. And I know it's different than football, but a basketball coach told me he might never, I think I've told you this before. He might never recruit another high school player again, because he's just going to evaluate guys off of college rosters. And, and this is like a guy who is a one seed a year ago. So not like some schlub who's just trying to build a team. Like this is a one seed in the tournament. Uh, they didn't go very far. So by elimination, you can figure out who I'm talking about, <laughs> but um, it's kind of an amazing thing when you just, you think about where we're going and the roster management and the recruiting element of it and how you build things. I think Brian Kelly's special. You and I covered him at central Michigan and central Michigan was dog crap and he elevated it. Then he goes to Cincinnati and I think he took over for Antonio. So it wasn't busted by any means, but he took him to the sugar. And then he goes to Notre Dame. And I think he just absolutely exceeded what he should be doing. I think Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman is going to go back to Notre Dame's reality, which is probably more of an eight and four kind of football program. I, I think 
Kelly's really good. I think he's great at maximizing what he has. I think he's good at building a, an authentic culture. Can he recruit against these guys? The good news is he's got more outlets than he ever has. This is not just, hey, let's recruit head-to-head for the best high school players in the country. There's other ways to fix your roster. And if you got enough dudes, what, what's the big economical thing in, in uh, Louisiana where people are making their money? Like in Texas, we always talk about the oil guys. But whatever that is in Louisiana, let's, you know, the, the gumbo salesman. Corruption. Or, yeah, corruption. Yeah, exactly. But uh, for this case, we'll say like the, the jambalaya salesman, right? Oyster, oysters, yeah. Oysters. Yeah, whatever the the oyster salesman can figure out to, you know, pub his oyster company and and slip, you know, Johnny Five Star two million under the table to go pub it. Um, as long as they can do that effectively while there's no legislation, LSU should be fine. What are you looking forward to this offseason? I mean, there's expansion drama. There's a new champion. Um, you know, Stetson Bennett obviously literally should just walk around Athens as Stetson Bennett the rest of his life and never do anything like office Ever. space. Yeah. Um, just, just walk into a place and say, hi, I'm Stetson Bennett. And then just take all the free things. Um, what, what are you looking forward to this off season as a col- as an sec college football fan? I'm with you with Stetson Bennett. He's going to be showered with the finest of meats and cheeses anywhere he goes. I mean, it's that guy probably needs to live in Athens for the rest of his life. Just live there and let them love you. I mean, you just, you, you won the lottery last night. You're taken care of. I mean, anything you need, they, they'll, the house, a car, a, you know, whatever it is that you found a way after that fumble to bounce back and get yourself together and, and elevate your play. I mean, he was not that effective all game and he went to a whole new level. Um, as far as what is, I'm excited about, I'm excited to see where Tennessee's going. That was a big step in the right direction. I'm excited to see where South Carolina is going. South Carolina went to a bowl game where nobody thought they could. They had a spawn of North Dakota state playing quarterback for a little bit, uh, who was a graduate assistant coach. He was supposed to be at least they went to a bowl. They beat Carolina, North Carolina, which I think was a big deal. Sam Howell and company played opted in and they beat them. And now they get Spencer Rattler. So I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. Hendon Hooker's back at Tennessee. Tennessee exceeded expectations in a massive way this year. Uh, and I'm eager to see what Florida is. People are Billy Napier, Billy Napier, Billy Napier. I was always a big Dan Mullen fan. He just weirded himself out of a job. He just got bizarre and odd. And yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is about that job. You, you Like things happen there. Like you get accused of laying nude on sharks. It's, and- it's Florida, dude. It's, it's well the state of Florida. What it's not Florida compli- man. It's not that complicated. <laughs> that is, you know what? That's a good point. And when you become the head coach, you become the Florida man. Yes, exactly. Or the ultimate Florida man. Um, all right, man. Uh, thank you so much for, for hanging you. out with us. We, we appreciate it. We'll have you on again uh, in the off season to 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 BS and, and have some fun at Childers Radio. Full ride on Sirius XM Channel eighty four. All the great stuff. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. That was Chris Childers, of course, from SiriusXM Channel 84. Full ride. You can follow him on Twitter at Childers Radio. I think we've we've uh, hammered home the point here enough. Congratulations to Stetson Bennett, Kirby Smart, the Georgia Bulldogs, all of our great friends on the show. Ben DeMoss, of course, who's the drummer for Wild Feathers, who is, if you listen to this show, 
obviously you're listening to the show right now. The music <laughs> is by the Wild Feathers, and he's the drummer. He's celebrated as a Georgia fan last night, Corey Forrester. So we've had a lot of good Georgia people on the show this over the last year and a half of doing this. So congrats to all you guys. And you know what? It wasn't Bama. So there's that. It wasn't Bama. Stetson Bennett should be motivation to for all of us moving into the new year that anything is possible. So set you your don't. sights high. This is your life lesson. Set your sights high. Even if you're really not that good at what you do compared to other people that do it, you can still win. Listen. So there it is. Set your sights high and, and, and attack your goals and dreams with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Even when Stephen Godfrey tells you that you're terrible, you can still be a champion. Congratulations, Stetson Bennett. Aaron Dugan, where can people find you? Aaron, the Aaron Dugan on Twitter and Aaron underscore Dugan on Instagram. And you can find us on YouTube subscribe yours is Braden. right you can find you at bradengall.com <laughs> actually i don't think i own that but i don't think it exists uh at Braden gall <laughs> at 440 sports yes please special thanks to aaron dugan for all the work she does to put this up on youtube every single week great stuff we appreciate your response to all of that so go subscribe to the page we really appreciate it go to jaspers everybody uh it is the next evolution of the sports bar and maybe go with a friend instead of going alone. Thank you guys all for listening. Congratulations, Georgia. This has been Friends oh, Elements no. on the 440 Sports Network. Oh, it's early this time. Start barking. No, I'm not doing that.